Welcome to a special episode of the Justice League Universe podcast. In this episode, Alessandro and I are going to share our reactions to the extended cut of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, which is now available digitally and will come on Blu-ray and DVD in a couple weeks. We will have spoilers here, though of course the theatrical cut spoils all the important stuff already. But if you're a stickler for avoiding spoilers, then just save this episode for later when you've already seen the extended cut. And we have to go through all of it kind of quick and dirty here in one episode because, believe it or not, Suicide Squad is only about a month away. So after this, we need to get right back to work on the scene-by-scene analysis of the BVS theatrical cut. So to start with, let's confirm some terminology. The Ultimate Edition of Batman v Superman actually refers to the package deal that includes the theatrical cut, the extended cut, and the bonus features for the movie. And thus, extended cut is actually the more specific term to use when referring to the three-hour version of the movie. The background of the extended cut, as far as we understand it, is that Warner Brothers originally approved Snyder's plan for the film, which was based on Terrio's script that he had revised after Goyer. And WB knew it was an ambitious vision and that it was going to be around three hours in length. WB is known for being a filmmaker-driven studio, and they fully supported the filmmakers through production, and then assembled the complete three-hour film with special effects, music, and everything. They screened this version and got good response, and so, in an effort to maximize profits, WB pushed for a -a two-and-a-half-hour runtime to accommodate more showings per day in theaters all over the world. Since they were making cuts, they also snipped out a few of the most intense moments of violence and uh, some skin getting shown, and they shortened the bathtub scene with Clark and Lois and then secured a PG-13 rating. So that's what led to the two-and-a-half-hour theatrical cut, but the extended cut is truer to the original vision of the filmmakers. So it's fair to say that WB had some fiscal considerations in pushing for the reduction, But it's not fair to say that WB was being a cheapskate or a penny pincher. If they had really wanted to be stingy with the purse strings, they would have pushed for the reduction before filming, because they could have saved millions in production costs by cutting 30 minutes and cutting whole scenes and whole sets out of the production budget. Instead, they gave Snyder the production budget and allowed him to make the full movie, and then they attempted to do what they thought would maximize the revenue because uh, they try to have the shorter runtimes means more screenings per day, and longer runtimes sometimes discourage people who are on the fence about seeing the movie. And if you are really angry right now at WB for forcing the theatrical cut, just remember that they did give us the extended cut on home media, so it's ours to keep. And it will very likely boost the home media sales, which is good for profitability. Now, as this podcast has made very clear... Alessandro and I both really loved the theatrical cut of BVS, so it's not like the extended cut has a big hill to climb in our opinion. For some people, they are looking to see if the extended cut improves upon some of their problems they had with the theatrical cut. For us, we're just happy to see 30 minutes more of a good thing, and to see what additional nuance and development was contained in the extended cut that was maybe only alluded to or had to be inferred from the theatrical cut. So what we're going to do is give our overall impressions and what we liked and didn't like about the extended cut. Then we're just going to share some additional thoughts that we had about the major new pieces in the extended cut. This episode isn't going to be as polished as our normal episodes because we've only had one day to process 30 whole minutes of new footage. 
but hopefully you will bear with us and still find some value in our perspectives. Okay, so Alessandro will kick things off with general reactions. This is a very different movie in my opinion. I felt the general vibe of the film felt more along the lines of The Dark Knight with Christian Bale. I think it may have something to do with the fact that while it maintained the darkness of the theatrical cut, it also added a lot of daytime and investigative scenes, changing the tone a bit. The Dark Knight was also pretty dark, but had its moments during the day showing Harvey Dent doing his thing as DA, which changed it up. Characters and plot are more fleshed out in this ultimate cut, for sure. Lois plays a more important role, and not the redundant character people claimed she was. It highlights her skills as an outstanding reporter. Clark is in the cut more as well. We see him both as an investigative reporter following up on Batman and the African incident, and as a vulnerable boy still relying on the comfort of his mother. And that fact makes Martha's kidnapping all the more emotional for Superman. When it comes to Lex, the movie is more forthcoming with revealing the intricacies of his plan throughout, which is kind of cool, but I feel it also takes away some of that mystery and suspicion, which is later confirmed in the movie. Honestly, the way the African scene was handled in general was the only thing that I didn't feel completely sold on. Aside from taking away the reveal that Lex planned it, I also feel the ultimate cut was more explicit about what happened in the African incident, which sort of narrows the scope of implication for the general audiences, putting more emphasis on Superman as someone with no regard for human life than someone whose actions sometimes have undesirable consequences. It explained things and inadvertently simplified them for the audience, essentially holding their hand through it all. But that just might be my interpretation of what I watched. Uh, not only was content added in, but a couple of scenes were changed, and some scenes were in different order. I certainly appreciated the new flow of scenes. What stands out in my mind in that regard is the scene where Parry presents an inexplicable invitation to Clark for the fundraiser out of nowhere, and even Parry questioned where, why he was being invited. Uh, that, that sort of few seconds here and there make it a bit more cohesive as a film and less comic book style. But, you know, nothing against that comic book style. I, I think uh, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But those additional cohesive scenes certainly add something to the, the film medium. Uh, I personally felt the theatrical version was more artistic, possibly partially due to those comic book style editings and uh, the connections that those uh, sequencings made. Uh, I think it held its own as a higher form of film, uh, actually, whereas The Ultimate Cut expounds on so much that it seems more like a straightforward movie than the theatrical cut does. Although, uh, I still see it as a magnum opus in the realm of both Snyder's directorial work and Superman-Batman stories in general. This version most certainly addresses a lot of the complaints people had, and I think it would have gotten much better reviews had this been the version that was released in theaters. But, selfishly, I'm kind of glad that we got both versions because I enjoyed both of them for what they are. So my general impression was that the extended cut was still essentially the same movie. 
For all the people who are saying that it's totally different or it's head and shoulders better than the theatrical cut, I really just think those people must have missed quite a bit of what was going on in the theatrical cut, or they were confused by parts of it. And maybe those people only saw it once or twice, because for me, the theatrical cut just got better and better each time I watched it, because I was able to pick up more nuance and more meanings that were implied, but not explicitly stated. This extended cut is definitely helpful in terms of making some subtle aspects of the movie much clearer, where it will now be harder for people to miss it or be confused by it. There were many things that I liked about the new footage in the extended cut, but I don't think it was totally superior to the theatrical cut. First, I'll say the good stuff. It directly addressed a couple of my problems with the theatrical cut. The extended cut includes scenes of Clark investigating his Batman story out in the field, and it included an additional scene between Clark and Martha that made the payoff better when Martha was kidnapped and then saved. Those were two things that I said would have improved the movie way back right when I saw it opening weekend. Some other improvements that were in the extended cut, Lois uncovered not only Lex's Africa setup, but also his capital bombing. I already gave Lois lots of credit in the theatrical cut, but not everyone has given Lois that kind of credit. Um, so it was good to see it more clearly represented here in the extended cut that Lois knows what she's doing and had some really important stuff to do here. In terms of pacing and sequencing, the extended cut is more in line with standard conventions, and thus a lot of people are praising it for improved flow and better quote-unquote editing. Though, as we've said before, what most people call editing is actually sequencing or pacing. The editing within the scenes, which is the majority of an editor's job, was largely the same in both cuts. For me, I didn't have a problem with the unconventional sequencing in the first hour of the theatrical cut. So for me, the extended cut is different, but not necessarily better in this regard. Some scene transitions, I think, were better in the theatrical cut, and some were better in the extended cut. I thought the flamethrower for Kanayazev in the African scene was a nice foreshadowing of the warehouse scene. On the negative side of things, I thought there was some poor foreshadowing when the men on the mountain say about Clark, he's come to die. I think that line might have actually kind of given away the fact that Superman was going to die at the end of the movie. And Superman's death was a big secret that Warner Brothers kept all the way to release. And even myself, who had followed all the news and marketing leading up to BVS, I was surprised by Superman's death when it finally happened the first time I saw the movie. Uh, also, on that mountain scene when Clark's going up to his solitude, I thought the men there who see Clark, I thought that was a little bit contrived. Some other negatives. Um, although Jenna Malone's character, Janet Clyburn, uh, was fine and was a nice connection to Star Labs in the comic book universe, I really don't think she was essential to the movie, and I'm fine with her being cut from the theatrical version. I don't really think the extended cut added much to the thematic development of the movie. I think the theatrical cut is a complete work of art with respect to themes and character arcs. And the only thing that maybe added a slight new touch were Lex's lines about not hating the sinner but the sin, and Superman's sin is existing. Lex also had a line about not knowing how to lose, so that would be interesting to throw into the analysis of Lex's character. But other than that, I think the extended cut really adds to the clarity of plot and character beats, not to the themes or the character arcs. Some other negatives for me are that I think some of the increased clarity actually takes away from the interpretive potential of the movie. 
This was especially true, in my opinion, for the Africa scene, the prison scenes, and maybe even the capital scene. More on those later, but my main point is that by spelling things out too much for the audience, it perhaps makes the straightforward surface explanation clearer to the audience, but then I find that people who have a clear surface explanation to cling to, they often resist going deeper or looking for the underlying character motivations or symbolism. In the extended cut, I think it almost went overboard by having everything come down to Lex's master plan, whereas I thought the theatrical cut was a brilliant balance between Lex's manipulations, together with Clark, Bruce, and Lois's own doings and character dilemmas. It was their personal issues spurred on by Lex, rather than Lex's total manipulation of everything to where he wanted it. But I recognize that's a bit of a personal preference, I like to analyze and work through some ambiguity and inference, whereas most people, judging by the early reception of the extended cut, prefer more explicit plot development. Lots of people have especially praised the extended capital scene that shows Superman helping the victims. For me, on the other hand, I can actually see it both ways for that scene, and we'll get into that a bit later. Lastly, I have to admit that I do tend to prefer a shorter runtime. Uh, Not really short, but like something closer to 2 hours, 15 minutes, I usually prefer rather than something close to 3 hours. Even movies like Return of the King and Gone with the Wind, which have a lot of ground to cover in those movies, much more ground to cover than BVS, for example, I find myself even with those movies wishing that they could trim out at least 10 to 15 minutes. So for BVS, I really don't think it needed all 181 minutes of the extended runtime. At the end of this episode, we'll share a few thoughts on what we think the perfect version of Batman v Superman would be, and I can tell you that mine would be slightly longer than the theatrical cut, but not as long as the extended cut. So overall for me, I loved the extended cut, but that's mostly because I love the core of what BVS is, not because I especially loved the new 30 minutes of footage. So far online, though, what I've seen is a lot of people are going over the moon about the extended cut, and even some critics of the movie have softened their opinions from like a 4 out of 10 to maybe a 6 or 7 out of 10 because of the extended cut. I think the effusive praise of the extended cut is a bit exaggerated, just as the negative criticisms of the theatrical cut were exaggerated in the opposite direction back upon release. As you interpret the feedback thus far, remember that the people who get the digital download the first day it's available are not a representative sample of the population. These are mostly people who like the movie and who couldn't wait to see it again to process the extra footage. Or they're people who didn't love the movie, but they're curious about the new footage, and so these are probably people who are pretty open-minded about giving it another chance. For the fans of BVS... They are probably taking advantage of this moment in time as a foothold for trying to shift the conversation and the legacy of the movie. And while I think the extended cut is really good, to me it's just about the same quality as the theatrical cut. But I am glad for the positive buzz, because maybe that will lead more people to check out the movie on home media, and that's a good thing for the Justice League universe overall. I should mention that Alessandro has a slightly different position here than me. He thinks that the extended cut did shift some of the character motivations a bit. For me, it clarified some motivations, but I didn't really see them shift. One exception may be Senator Finch, 
going into the Senate hearing. Because, um, but really, she's a secondary character, and that shift only lasted for a few minutes, and then it ended in flames. Okay, now what we're going to do is just give our brief thoughts on the major additions, going kind of rapid fire, so please bear with us. The opening scenes were basically unchanged, and of course they were, because they were already near perfection. There was one addition during the Black Zero event, and that was the line of children being let out of a damaged building. If you saw my original set videos from Detroit, where I got the first shots of Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne, and that's kind of what launched this YouTube channel, then you knew that on set that day, we also saw them filming this scene with the kids holding hands. Two quick things that I noticed for the first time watching the extended cut, even though these are actually things that I should have noticed earlier in the theatrical cut. First, when the little orphan girl points up toward the building and the camera pans over and up, this is very similar to how they shot the woman when she was reaching up from the flood. In the former, it leads up to Superman as a destroyer, and in the latter, it leads up to Superman as a savior. Second, I noticed, uh, I think, when the diver is going down to get the kryptonite, I think that the music there is similar to the music from Man of Steel when Jor-El dives down to get the codex. Maybe someone can check Man of Steel to verify that. Okay, after the kryptonite is the Africa scene, which is one of the biggest changes, obviously, in the extended cut. We meet Jimmy Olsen, or at least a CIA agent who is using the name Jimmy Olsen, and we see Jimmy and Lois as they are taken to the general's base. We also get some more exposition about the general, namely that there is a civil war going on and he is a rebel leader, not just a warlord or a run-of-the-mill terrorist. There is the addition of a CIA subplot, where there's a disagreement on the American side about whether to go in and extract Lois or just drone strike the whole base. This is where we get the horseback riding scene that was included in one of the early trailers. This uh, horseback riding may have connected with the horse motif from the rest of the movie, but I think the other places where horses showed up in the theatrical cut, that was the BZE, the Capitol bombing, and the funeral, I think those are more thematically coherent than if they had also added in this African incident to the list. Superman stops the drone strike, thus he not only intervenes in the African Civil War, but he also intervenes in an American CIA strike. There's also additional footage where Knaizev burns the victim's bodies, perhaps to frame it as Superman's heat vision, and we see Lois walking around the camp after she has been rescued. We see her retrieve her notebook. The advantages of this extended Africa scene are that it's much more straightforward for the audience to follow in terms of why the African incident led to public backlash against Superman and why the African incident was very different than Superman's previous exploits. Never before did he come in and just melt people down with his heat vision, uh, or so it looked. As we mentioned before, the flamethrower set up with Kanayazev led to a nice payoff later with Martha Kent. There were some nice new lines about men with power obeying neither policy nor principle, and a line about power not being neutral, which foreshadows Lex's oldest lie. Here, Lois had given more information about the U.S. trying to stay neutral in the Civil War, so Superman messed up that neutrality. This makes it clearer why the U.S. government would hold hearings. But even with those advantages... Alessandro and I both kind of felt better about the theatrical version of this scene rather than the extended version. 
This really seemed to be one of those cases where making it clearer leads to less inferences and less nuance being drawn out of the scene. Because this extended version made it really obvious that it was a frame job on Superman, it leaves the audience more passive because we don't have to put on our thinking caps to anticipate or interpret what all the repercussions are going to be. The extended cuts seem to be all about setting up Superman as a murderer and an authority who answers to no one who can come and go as he pleases. It was basically about Superman killing people who stand in his way. The theatrical version, to its credit, managed to keep all of those ideas, but it also had several other even better ideas that it established. The theatrical version also brought out the idea of unintended collateral damage that may come about just from Superman acting at all, and the idea of perception mattering more than reality. In the theatrical version, it wasn't as clean of a frame job, but it didn't matter, because the point was that people would rush to judgment, and the media would go into a frenzy based on incomplete information, and now Superman has to deal with the momentum that started to build against him because of the false story, and a guilty until proven innocent public mindset. And the media loving to strike up a counter-narrative to the golden boy hero. Newspapers and websites love to run headlines, like, End of love affair with the man in the sky? Question mark. The only thing that gets more clicks than celebrity glorification is a celebrity's fall from grace. And Superman is like the ultimate celebrity in this universe. So people were pouncing and media was pouncing all over his fall from grace, even though it wasn't on very firm ground. While the extended version frames him for murder in a way that stands up to some scrutiny, the theatrical version causes us to question how easily we are sucked into a narrative of fear and xenophobia and how quickly that narrative becomes a public mentality. The theatrical version, with its ambiguity and its focus on unintended consequences of Superman even just showing up, connects better, in our opinion, to Jonathan's story later about bad things happening even when you're trying to do the right thing. Nobody framed Jonathan for the death of those horses in the story. It's just something that really happened unintentionally. Okay, moving on. In the extended cut, we go from Africa to the scene that introduces Batman, rather than to the Senate hearing and to Lois's apartment to see the fallout from the African incident. In Batman's first scene, we see the police officers watching the Metropolis-Gotham football game, and Metropolis is running up the score. So that marks Gotham as the underdog or the downtrodden one out of the two sister cities. By putting Batman's first scene right next to the African scene, and because we see Batman being pretty brutal and scary, this maybe connects Batman's new rules to the rising tension brought on by Superman in Africa. When we do get to the Senate hearing about Africa, we have a new subplot where the African woman testifying is actually paid and coerced by Lex to say what she said. Although her subplot gives Kanaizev more opportunities to be a bad guy, I don't really think it's needed in the movie. And because it makes everything out to be more completely a Lex setup, I think it actually detracts a bit from the multi-layered implications that we would otherwise get from the African scene. It's almost more interesting to me if there's an African woman who is legitimately questioning Superman's role in the world, even if it's based on false information. That'd be more interesting to me than to just have Lex be behind every single thing that happens. With regard to the sequencing of scenes, the extended cut has Lex's interactions with the senators intact as one scene, rather than separated into scene 10 and scene 13, like it is in the theatrical cut. 
Also, a bit later, Bruce waking up from his mausoleum nightmare and then Bruce talking to Alfred in the lake house were intact as one scene, rather than separated as scenes 17 and 19 in the theatrical cut. So this is part of what people are probably referring to when they say the flow or the pacing is better in the extended cut. Although I actually didn't mind those scenes at all in the theatrical cut. Some other places with improved flow would be that Perry hands Clark the invitation to the library fundraiser. So that lets us know to expect Clark to be there at the fundraiser. And later, Alfred is working on the Batmobile, and then Bruce tells him, 14 hours, which means that Bruce wants to take the Batmobile out soon, so that lets us know to expect the Batmobile chase. The next big change that we're going to comment on is Clark's investigation in Gotham. He starts out wanting to follow up on the Africa testimony to reach out to someone who was affected by Superman, but he instead gets swept up in the story of Batman and Batman's increasing brutality. I liked the ferry ride from Metropolis to Gotham in terms of giving some more feel to the geography of the cities. And overall, I really liked just seeing Clark outside of the Daily Planet offices and doing some journalism. To me, however, there were a few too many coincidental observations of Batman stuff for Clark. For example, like when he's at the jail and there just happens to be a hand-drawn cartoon of Batman. Or he just happens to overhear people talking about Batman right when he's standing there. But these scenes did give more explicit development to Clark's problems with Batman. Although those motivations and tensions were already there in the theatrical cut, this probably makes them clearer to most people. In our last episode of this podcast, we just talked about how a journalist could verify the contents of those photographs that were delivered to Clark. Well, here in the extended cut, we see Clark doing precisely that, going to check up on what happened to that dead inmate who had been branded. Because of this follow-up by Clark, it actually ended up being the woman at the jail who becomes Clark's last straw, rather than the photos being the last straw. This leads him, then, to take action as Superman and to tell Batman to bury the bat signal. A very minor downside to these investigation scenes for Clark are that it changes Perry's moment when he is looking for Clark at the office. In the theatrical cut, I thought it was awesome that Perry is wondering where Clark goes, and we know as an audience that Clark has gone out as Superman to confront Batman, tying in with the classic trope of Clark slipping out of work to operate as Superman. But in the extended cut, when Perry is looking for Clark, it's just because Clark is actually out reporting, and he's been out reporting before, so that's why he's not at his desk. It doesn't seem to have the same charm as the theatrical cut. In addition to Clark's investigation into Batman, Lois Lane also gets more scenes for her investigation that eventually leads to Lex. Her first meeting with Swanwick is moved several scenes later, letting Bruce's scenes flow directly through to the library fundraiser. Lois's investigation with Jenna Malone is paired with uh, and shown in parallel to Clark's investigation of Batman. And like I said before, I do think it's great that Lois eventually figured out not only the Africa stuff, but also the Wallace Keefe setup. And, with Jenna Malone's character's help, she discovered the fact that Superman couldn't see the bomb because of the lead lining in the wheelchair. There also was the connection to Lex's metal. Now, many of us already assumed that the wheelchair was lead lined. And now, though, it's explicitly acknowledged in the movie, so people can't accuse us for apologetics or headcanon. So overall, Lois does get quite a bit more in the extended cut. 
She unravels all of Lex's plans, and it highlights her reporting skills a bit better than the theatrical cut. But to be fair, the theatrical cut shows her as a determined reporter as well. Next up, we want to comment on the Capitol bombing, one of the scenes most affected by the extended cut. We now know that Senator Finch had specific information on Lex, so it makes it more dramatic that Lex kills her before she can share what she's learned. Some of the critics of BVS said that the Capitol bombing didn't really make sense in the theatrical cut. What did Lex gain by it? Because the bomb didn't even hurt Superman. And Lex had already smuggled in his kryptonite anyway without Senate approval. Of course, people who made these criticisms were idiots. Or they were willfully turning off their brains to try to just pile on hate on the movie. Because there were at least three layers of brilliance to Lex's Capitol bombing and it was a hugely sad and important moment for Superman's character arc. We will give all of our thoughts on the horrifying and beautiful and expertly made capital scene when we uh, get there in our scene-by-scene analysis. But in the meantime, you can listen to Man of Steel Answers. They have an episode on Lex Luthor that includes this capital scene. Anyway, the point is that the capital scene was already great in the theatrical cut. But what the extended cut does is make it clearer so that now no one can deny the importance of the scene. It also adds a nice new layer to Holly Hunt's performance and to her line about a day for truth. But I think a drawback to this new element is that it simplifies Senator Finch's position a bit. In the extended cut, well, of course she's going to support Superman and hear him out, because now she knows with certainty that the whole thing has been set up by Lex Luthor. It's a Lex Luthor con job. In the theatrical cut, however... There was much more nuance to Senator Finch's position, because she was essentially having to take a leap of faith for Superman, or at least for democracy, that it was going to be the right thing to do to strike up a conversation with Superman and see if they can come to terms on his role in the world and the balance of power between Superman and the government. In the theatrical cut, I viewed Senator Finch as a very reasonable and courageous character who wants to give Superman the benefit of the doubt, or at least innocent until proven guilty and wants to let the democratic process play itself out, even in these most extreme of circumstances, with an invulnerable superhero flying around the world. Again, as with Africa, it is my personal opinion that simple and clear is not always better. But I recognize that simple and clear is preferred by probably the majority of the general audience. The extended cut also added footage to the aftermath of the Capitol bombing. The CGI of Superman landing on the Capitol steps was bad. Something was definitely off with the cape. But most people have said they think this aftermath scene should have been in the theatrical cut. I can see it both ways. On one hand, yes, it's nice to see Superman helping out after the tragedy, because that's what we assume Superman would do. And he has a moment where he makes eye contact with Lois before he flies away. On the other hand, I can thematically understand why the theatrical cut would go right from the shot of Superman in the fireball, his lowest point where he had been trying to come and face the people and explain himself, and yet there he is again right in the middle of devastation that he didn't cause, but that seems to follow him because of the evils of humanity, and then going straight from that to his withdrawal. He is so devastated by the bombing that he retreats, later checks in with Lois, and then goes on his soul-searching trip up to the mountains. The extended cut interrupts this direct chain by having Superman reach his lowest, most heartbreaking point, but then stick around to help out a bit, before later going on his retreat. 
Maybe it's just me, but I can kind of understand the retreat from humanity happening right at the lowest point, rather than several minutes after the lowest point. But with that being said, I guess if I had to pick, I would say go ahead and use the extended version, just because I know there are people out there who will always complain that Superman should have helped out more, or should have done this, should have done that, and so maybe having the extended version will pacify them. And also, we should mention that the extended cut does explicitly tie the Superman protests more directly to the events of the Capitol bombing. Okay, those are the major changes, the major things in the extended cut. Just, uh, we'll quickly mention now some other things. There's some cool surveillance footage of Batman stealing the kryptonite. It's kind of cool to have his footage there to go along with the other Justice League members who have their surveillance footage. The news footage that Clark is watching while he's cooking is about the African incident now, not about Batman's branding. That's because in the extended cut, Clark investigates the Batman branding firsthand, rather than having to hear about it from the TV. There's a nice new scene with Clark calling Martha. It makes sense that he would call her because Clark has just been watching all the debate about Superman and it's clearly bothering him. But Lois isn't there to talk to because she's out doing her investigations in DC. In that phone call, Clark says, I just wish it was more simple. So as we've covered before in previous episodes, Clark is continually trying to live as the classic Superman, but the world won't let him. That classic simplicity is unrealistic in modern society. There were a few extra shots in the nightmare scene, but it didn't change the meaning or the effect of the scene, really. There was some blood in the cave, part of the R rating for the extended cut. Um, there was also some more kind of broken limbs and some more brutality in Batman's later fight scenes, too. In the Batman-Superman fight, there was one extra little part in the first portion of the fight. But I think it was actually better to cut that out, because there's no reason that I can think of to have Superman throw Batman and then walk up to him before forcefully flying him up to the roof. It seems like it's better to just have him fly him to the roof. But what did make the fight slightly better was that there was the earlier line where a Gothamite said that Batman will only listen to the fist. That was probably on Superman's mind when he gave up trying to talk to Batman and decided to just knock some sense into him instead. All the Doomsday stuff was very similar in the extended cut and the theatrical cut. Lex did have a few extra lines before releasing Doomsday. He said something like, I don't know how to lose. And, I don't hate the sinner, I hate the sin. And your sin is existing. This might have clarified his motivations for some people, but again, I think all of it was already there in the theatrical cut if you know how to look for it. After the climax, there is of course the deleted scene with Steppenwolf and the Mother Boxes, which is probably not a communication with Steppenwolf, but a projection from the Kryptonian archives. There were some extra shots during the denouement that were not necessary, for example, panning across Metropolis's empty streets, or showing the empty Daily Planet offices and the Kennedy dead cover story. Um, but the extra scenes and the extra people that were in Smallville were kind of nice. At the funeral, the, f the priest from Man of Steel has some lines and says something about shall rise again and the earth shall give rebirth to her dead. So we're getting clear indications that Superman is going to be coming back, which I think is really good to give those in indications. There's no reason to play coy with the audience and pretend like Superman's going to stay dead. The intercutting of Bruce at the funeral and Lois grabbing the soil seemed smoother in the extended cut. 
With Lex at the end, there were some additional lines. He says something like, This is how it all crumbles. Civilization and Wayne Manners. He loves his puns. And Lex says he's going to use an insanity defense, but Bruce counters by saying that he's having Lex transferred to Arkham Asylum. These lines are not really necessary for this movie, but it's cool for any Arkham fans to hear those lines and to hear reference to Arkham. And it does have implications for how Lex might show up in future movies. Okay, so that's just about all we have time for. In our opinion, some good, some bad. But overall, both the extended cut and the theatrical cut are great films, because they are really just different versions of the same story, and they have the same tone and visual style, which we love. Looking across both cuts, it's kind of fun to think about what your personal cut would be. For me, I would actually start with the theatrical cut as my baseline, and then I would add in one scene of Clark's investigation in Gotham, probably the one where he talks to the old Gothamite outside the apartment, not the prison scene because I don't need Lex to be behind literally everything that happens, like I don't need him behind the prison deaths. I would also add in the Martha phone call scene because I think it's nice to have her around more to make it more potent when she's in danger later. I guess I would add in Superman helping in the aftermath of the Capitol bombing, but that one's not especially important to me. It's mostly because I know lots of other people want it in there. I know Alessandro liked the scene of Clark hiking and passing the men on the mountain, because it set up the Jonathan scene a bit better than happened in the theatrical cut, where Clark is just all of a sudden at the top of the mountain. So I guess I'd put in that hiking scene too, even though the uh, he's come to die foreshadowing might have spoiled Superman's eventual death. But for me, that's really about it. I think this would put my version of the movie at around 2 hours 40 minutes, and it would leave a bit more room for interpretation and inference around the major scenes in the first and second acts of the movie. Don't get me wrong, I'm very glad that the extended cut exists, but I'm also glad, just for my own personal enjoyment, that the theatrical cut was released first, because I think it's better to go from open-ended and subtle to more explicit and clear-cut rather than the other way around. Because if you've already seen the clear-cut version, then you're only going to see the clear-cut interpretations when you later get the open-ended version. Now, if I really could have my way, I would also tweak a couple things within the scenes that are already there. For example, I'd change Superman's dialogue a little bit when he's standing on the balcony in Washington, D.C. I would try to allude more directly to the negative repercussions of his actions, no matter what he tries to do, rather than the I-wasn't-looking angle that they took in the movie. And I would also add in a scene where Lois does figure out the Capitol bombing, but I would change it so that she does it without Jenna Malone's character, because I don't think all of Lois's extra investigation scenes are needed, so I wouldn't put in Jenna Malone's character. Here are some of Alessandro's ideas if he had the freedom to make his own revised version of the movie. Well, right off the bat, I wish Doomsday had been more spiky, like in the comics. You know, more bones protruding. Uh, I'm also a little bothered by the fact that had Wonder Woman not cut off Doomsday's hand, he would not have had that spike to stab Superman with. Um, when you know when things in movies come down to the timing of things and, and happenstance, I, I hate that. Um, not that I'm holding it against this movie, but um, now had Doomsday been more spiky, like and bony, like in the comics, like I would have wanted, 
then uh, he would have had the claw protrusions from his knuckles and he would have used that to stab Superman instead. And, you know, he wouldn't have died as a result of something Wonder Woman did. The only other possible thing I could think of uh, that I might have wanted in the movie or might have been interesting is if Lex had revealed more of his plan to Superman. Not necessarily things that had yet unfolded, but things that had already passed. It might have been interesting if he, he took credit for more of the things that he planned and basically bragged and laughed in his face about, you know, changing the world's opinion of him. Uh, of course, I think the movie's great as it is. I mean, there's always things that you can add to movies that will appease uh, different people. But ultimately, I think it was a perf- it was as perfect as it could be. Perfect in my eyes. So, I really liked it a lot. And honestly, I'm a, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little afraid of... Justice League being affected by the reviews of this movie. So I'm hoping that they don't completely lose the darker, serious tone that this movie had. Because I think it made it more realistic than any of the Marvel movies. So that's it for this special episode. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check back with us for our next regular episode when we head toward the Batmobile chase scene. Be sure to also check out Man of Steel Answers and get your DC-related news from the Suicide Squadcast.